Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Betke. Today we'll be discussing the winners and losers of the NHL free agency, a little bit of movement going on in the NBA, and of course this week's fast break. Stay tuned, sit back, relax for episode 33 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming back for another episode, episode 33 of the podcast. Let's go ahead, jump right into it. The NHL free agency began on July 13th, and right off the bat, there was a lot of action. I'm going to just go over a couple teams, three winners, two losers, that stuck out to me and things that I believe I need to address or things that I think they did well, so on and so forth. And please reach out for anybody else you think that I may have missed. So the first winners that I would like to go over are the Ottawa Senators. Maintaining minimal losses, they were able to acquire players like Claude Giroux, former captain of the Philadelphia Flyers and the last season he played on Florida Panthers. He's a known leader, known veteran, successful at his position, consistent. So it's, it's a big deal for a team like Ottawa that really needs some leadership and direction. They also gathered Debrinkit off of the Chicago Blackhawks, who is a young talent. I know a little bit more about him being on a team of the rival of my hometown, but also being from my hometown. So that's a pretty good pickup there. And then they also gathered goalie Cam Talbot from the Minnesota Wild. Now, the Minnesota Wild got rid of him more so in the reason that he was becoming a bit of a liability in terms of drama. Because if I am correct, Minnesota had re-signed Marc-Andre Fleury, and I guess that flustered Talbot in a way so they uh offloaded him to another team and I think they sent him to Ottawa in exchange for another goalie Philip Gustafson so I believe Minnesota's goalies are Fleury Gustafson and Zach McIntyre so not too bad and they also back to Ottawa the Senators also got rid of Matt Murray who is a known liability in terms of injuries And that's a bit upsetting considering that my other team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, just got rid of the best goalie we've had in the last handful of years for an injury-prone guy. So definitely excited. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Mm -hmm. Moving on. My next winner is Detroit, the Red Wings. Stevie Y was a bit busy day one, right off the bat, right off the gates. Went to get went went and got busy. So go over a few of the teams that and players, I mean, that he acquired over there in Detroit. Starting it off with Andrew Kopp, former Winnipeg Jet and New York Ranger. Also acquiring veteran defenseman Ben Shirett from the Florida Panthers. I think that's huge. You look at the the young young guys on defense. 
and really on the team in general, but in the defensive core, somebody like Shirod, who's been in a winning franchise for a couple of years now and in his past as well, has knowledge to share, you know. And obviously Cider is successful winning the Calder this last year, but there are some other guys on the team that could use a little bit of direction. I think a player like Shirod could do that for him. So they also managed to acquire... St. Louis Blues forward David Perron, another veteran who will have a very heavy presence with guys like Lucas Raymond and such. And then lastly, they also acquired Dominic Kubalik from the Chicago Blackhawks. There are two things that really stick out to me about those acquires, acquire, acquirements for the Red Wings. They added veterans to help lead these young guys and a little more depth. And they added toughness. I think that's one thing especially has been really hard to watch in Hockey Town is how little toughness our guys are showing on the ice. You look back at the teams that they've had in the past years, there are certain things that just didn't fly. And now they do. Part of it is the rules. Part of it is refing. But overall, I think it's a toughness thing. And I think a lot of these acquire acquisitions, that's the word I've been looking for here. These acquisitions have made a big impact for the team, being as young and inexperienced as they are. And my last winner are the Carolina Hurricanes. They really only acquired two players that make a lot of noise, but they make a lot of noise. First being Brian Burns, defenseman off of San Jose. I really like this because Brian Burns is one of the better offensive defensemen in the league, and he's been very consistent these last handful of seasons. Looking at Carolina, a team that's already pretty heavily fortified in the defensive category, I like it, you know. And then they acquired Max Pacioretty from... Vegas, which I think is a pretty nice acquire acquisition considering if I had to pick one thing in Carolina that was their kryptonite, it would be their offense. So I do think that they do need to add some more forwards to the equation there and potentially get more out of it. But that's really it. So looking at your losers, um, Calgary Flames. Now... It was a almost a mutual understanding between Calgary and Johnny Gaudreau that he did not want to return this year. Obviously, Calgary wanted to keep him, but Gaudreau didn't want to come back. And that's unfortunate for Calgary because he was a big part of their team. I think the only other really notable offensive player would be Tuchuk. So, big loss there for them. And then also looking at Vegas. They lost a couple notable names. Uh, Pacioretty to Carolina, obviously. They also lost Evgeny Dadanov, Nate Schmidt, and Paul Stansty. These are all very important players to the team. I think the biggest issue here is how big Jack Eichel's contract is and how much of a disappointment he's been since. It's unfortunate because of how good he was in Buffalo and how consistent he was in Buffalo, and then he comes to Vegas 
hoping that they, you know, Vegas hoping that they'll get they're getting a, a stud, a star, and he's just underperformed ever since he's came on a stud superstar contract, and that's the unfortunate part. So I think these loss of acquisitions was more of an offloading in terms of cap and cap space, but it still hurts them as a team because by signing that contract with Eichel, they were willing to make the sacrifice now, unfortunately. So there you have it, winners and losers for the NHL free agency. Moving on to the NBA. There was a little bit of back and forth today between the Indiana Pacers and the Phoenix Suns over center DeAndre Ayton. The Indiana Pacers had offered Ayton a $133 million contract, and the Suns had 48 hours to respond and match, and they did within 10 hours. So he will be staying in Phoenix, which I think is almost ironic especially considering how much noise there was around his name during the offseason and upcoming towards trades, especially to Detroit right around the time of the draft and a few other smaller teams as well, Pacers definitely being one of them. And I actually saw a couple mock trades where there was some crazy twists and turns. I think there was one I saw. It was a four-team trade between Brooklyn, Phoenix, Indiana, and the Jazz. And it involved, I think, Kevin Durant went to the Suns. DeAndre Ayton went to the Pacers. Ben Simmons and a few other people went to the Jazz. And Donovan Mitchell, and I think it was like Rudy Gay, went to the Nets. It was this huge circle of trades, and I thought it was miraculous and quite fascinating, honestly, because in terms of cap space and so on and so forth, it's a fairly decent equal trade. So I think it was Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges from the Suns, and then another player or something along the I don't remember. There was a lot on the screen at the time. I had to do some serious assessing, and I'm proud that I remembered as much as I did. But... Going back and mentioning Donovan Mitchell's name, there's been a lot of discussion around his name in terms of will he stay in Utah. Earlier in the month, and I mean more so June than July because we're already about halfway through July, but there was discussion of keeping Donovan in Utah, that he was not a trade asset. But since they have opened their ears to offers and are willing to hear what teams have to offer and are willing to offer for Mitchell in a trade. Now, some of the most notable locations being the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, and the Brooklyn Nets. Now, really quick, I just want to go over what each team finished the season with. So you're looking at the Knicks. 37-45. and 45, Finished 11th in the East. Now I want you to think about what they would have to give up in order to acquire Donovan Mitchell. First name that comes to mind, R.J. Barrett. The Knicks have already come out and openly said they are not dealing R.J. Barrett. So if you ask me, that trade is not happening. There is no Knicks-Jazz trade. Because if I'm the Jazz, I'm not accepting anybody older than R.J. Barrett. But 
You, I mean, you look at the Knicks. Who, who do, the, who do they have? Julius Randle. I feel like the Jazz would have to give things up to get Julius Randle, and because personally, he's a little bit more important in terms of what he has to offer, and I'm more so not because he's better than Donovan Mitchell, but because his talents and his skill set are a little more uncommon than Donovan Mitchell's. So I personally just don't see the Knicks trade happening. That seems to be a very common discussion is that Donovan Mitchell is going to the New York Knicks for a whatever trade package, but I don't, from the Jazz perspective, I don't see that trade happening without R.J. Barrett. And from the Knicks perspective, I don't see the trade happening at all because they're not willing to give up R.J. Barrett. And considering they already lost a lot of role players like Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker, Alec Burks, and so on and so forth, they did just acquire Jalen Brunson. So are they really going to give up one of their youngest successful talents in R.J. Barrett? Moving out of the Miami Heat. Now, that one makes a bit more sense because there's already been a lot of discussion about players like Kevin Durant going to Miami Heat. And that's because they have a lot of trade package offerings. They have a lot of players that they could afford to lose and still be a playoff team. You ask me, a trade for Donovan Mitchell from Miami, you're giving up Tyler Hero, you're giving up Duncan Robinson, you're giving up your first round pick this year, Nikola Jovic, and potentially even more round more more picks in the future. So I personally think it's worth it. Absolutely I do. You mean Kyle Lowry, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo, are you kidding me? That team's going right back to the ship, just being completely honest. And for those that think I'm crazy, you got to think about what Donovan Mitchell has done in his career so far. I mean, the kid has never averaged below 20 points a game. And every season since his rookie season, he's never averaged below 23 points a game. And the kid's legit. I mean, career rec- career averages 24 points a game. Four rebounds, four and a half assists, one and a half steals, point three blocks on forty-five thirty-six shooting. Obviously he's not the best shooter in the league. But he's he's very consistent. He almost reminds me of like a Bradley Beal. Not quite on Beal's level, but uh, the play style wise. Beal doesn't always shoot the three. Beal gets a lot of hard, tough points and tough shots. And I think that's one of the things that makes somebody like Bradley Beal good. And that's what makes Donovan Mitchell good. So you think about what that would mean for Miami to get an acquisition of a player like that and still be able to keep your best players in Lowry, Butler, and Adebayo. Like I said, that team is going right back to the championship. I don't give a damn. Giving up a player like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson combined are still not as good as Donovan Mitchell. So that one is more realistic to me because the Heat have what it takes to make the offer and still maintain being a good team. 
all while that last season they finished 53 and 29 first in the east imagine what they could do next year and then lastly looking at the brooklyn nets now that one uh, i don't even want to touch it the nets is like the cheese touch from diary of a wimpy kid there's so much going on over there in Brooklyn, and there's so much unpredictability and who knows what's doing what and who's going where and why. I, I don't know. Who, what, when, where, why, how. That's all going on over there in Brooklyn. So to try and think about what they would give up or lose, personally, I think Ben Simmons has to be in that package, and I don't know if Brooklyn's willing to do that, but it depends. It really does depend. Do they keep Kyrie? It looks that way. Do they keep Kevin Durant? Yikes. I don't know. Like I said, there's just too much movement going on there and too much not knowing going on over there. The scary part about all of it is after that week where Kyrie accepted his player option and Kevin Durant requested a trade, we've heard nothing. All it's been from that point now is speculation and rumors. And that kind of scares me because it's like, what is brewing? What's going on? Are things actually happening? Like, as I mentioned, everything that's happened, there hasn't been, oh, Kevin Durant met with this person today. No, it's all been, what team should Kevin Durant go to? What teams should target Kevin Durant? What teams should... Who do you think could? What are the potential landing spots for? There has been no actual, like, solid data information with, like, factual backup in terms of where he could be ending up. Or is Kyrie actually going to stay in Brooklyn, keep his player option, or is he going to request a trade as well? I mean, it's like you go to your local museum, right? For those of you in Michigan listening, you go to the DIA, okay? You go into one of those rooms and you look at a painting and you just sit there and you try so hard to understand what's going on. And you just stare for 20, 30 minutes trying to genuinely understand what the hell am I looking at? That is the Brooklyn Nets. You're looking at the Brooklyn Nets right now. That's So the next time you go, take a picture, post it on Instagram and say, the Brooklyn Nets look beautiful today because that's what it is. It's a mess. It's indecipherable. And every single person is looking at it from a different perspective. Like I mentioned, all the speculation and rumors. Everybody is working and fighting so hard to try and come up with potential scenarios, but no one's actually looking into the real details and guts of it to see is anything actually happening or are we just making all this up for fun i don't know it's it's like i said it's confusing and i don't want to touch it so personally i don't want to come up with what could be a potential trade for the nets for to get donovan mitchell i don't want to because there's just too much going on there and it would hurt my brain now real quick you guys before we jump into this week's fast break I'm going to give you an updated NFL QB ranking poll. At number one, Zach Wilson. Nobody else. That's it. That's the end. We're done. End of the poll. This guy is a savage, right? 
So his high school sweetheart, I forgot her name, Abby something, right? They probably met before high school or just met in high school, spent all them years together, decided they were going to go to the same college together, lovey, 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 dovey, dovey, future, planned, everything, right? Something happens right around the time Wilson gets drafted. They break up. Zach Wilson's roommate and ex-BYU teammate and best friend goes and swoops up his girl, Abby, right? So, unfazed, Zach Wilson goes and hooks up with his best, his mom's best friend. I mean, let's talk about the era of wheeling and dealing MILFs. Because Zach Wilson is your guy. So, anybody wants some information on how to pick up some cougars, take a trip out to New Jersey Hang out at MetLife Stadium till the season starts, and maybe you'll get a convo with my guy Zach W. We don't say his last name. We just say the W because he gets W's. And you flip it over, that's an M for mom or MILF. So, um, yeah, wild, absolutely wild story. So, shout out to the new number one quarterback in the NFL, Zach Wilson, man. What a guy. All right, we've had our fun, we've made our jokes, now it's time to get serious and jump into this week's Fast Break. Speaking of jokes, the Joker, Djokovic, won his 21st Grand Slam title at the Wimbledon Open. His fourth straight Wimbledon title. This guy may be that guy. Some might call me crazy here, but I think he's better than Rafael Nadal. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that one. Next up, we got Allie Quigley, guard for the Chicago Sky in the WNBA, is the first ever four-time three-point contest champion in the WNBA or the NBA. Next level performance. Touching a little bit back on the NHL, we had a couple big re-signings as well these last couple of days. Philip Forsberg for the Nashville Predators was re-signed on an 8 year 68 million dollar contract i don't think you understand how long eight years is and then the tampa bay lightning re-signed a lot of important names on the team being nemesnikov sergachev sorelli and chernek big signings for the lightning to keep them contenders and then lastly the toronto blue jays have fired their manager montoyo and have replaced them with another coaching staff member as an interim manager for the remainder of this season. That's going to wrap it up for this week's Fast Break, you guys, and of course this week's episode being number 33 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode and another week and showing the love. Keep spreading the love. Keep posting it everywhere you can. Get it out. Talk about it. Show it to your friends, your family, your loved ones. Do everything you can to just help me get recognized, help me spread it, help me show the world my talent and my skill set. That's it for this week, guys. I will catch you next week for episode 34. Peace out. Took my baby to the